Hello, and welcome to Lasting Values. I'm today's host, Della Sebaser, Global Head of Diversity and Inclusion at Credit Suisse, based in New York. Today, we are going to be talking about gender differences when it comes to pay. Globally, equal pay is recognized as a human right, and Target 8.5 of the Sustainable Development Goals calls for equal pay for work of equal value. We try to cut through the jargon and hear from some amazing women from the sports and finance sectors to see if gender imbalances are improving and how collectively women and men can change the game. To kick us off, Tatiana Henny is a pioneer of Swiss women's football. As well as playing, she has coached and was the first UEFA employee to focus exclusively on women's football. For 18 years, she worked at FIFA as the head of women's football and is now at the Swiss Football Association. She says she works to ensure the structural discrimination against women in sport disappears. By structural discrimination, I, I mean that women's football was forbidden in, in many countries in the world um, until actually the late 1960s. Uh, it started to become included in football associations in, in most countries only um, around the 1970s. In Switzerland, the first uh, national women's championship took place in 1970s. And before that, it was kind of forbidden. There was a young girl who wanted to play football and the federation didn't realize that it's actually a girl asking for a license. So they handed out the license to her. And when they realized it's, it's a girl and not a boy, they withdrew the license and told her that girls cannot play football and, and she could become a, a referee. We started with women's football already 50, 60, 70, 80 years later than men's football and have uh, through that just a, a huge difference. And then when we started to play football by women it, it, it there was no clear plan no strategy they were not really welcome they were just opening the doors and let them play but actually they nobody took it um, actually really serious so nowadays of course that that has changed a lot but none of the structures have changed um we have almost no association where there's a clear women's football structure there's no business plan in, in most countries there's no science on women's football there's no coach education specifically for women's football and women are just not men and men are not women so i think we have to play the same game but in some areas there have to be different aspects looked at and how to develop the game megan rapinoe is an american soccer star two-time world cup champion Olympic gold medalist, and advocate for equality for all. She was recently part of the landmark $24 million settlement with the U.S. Soccer Federation, which ensures that going forward, U.S. soccer will pay men and women at an equal rate in all friendlies and tournaments, including the World Cup. She spoke about this journey during a fireside chat at the Global Women's Financial Forum. Every four to six to eight years, we're negotiating um, new contracts. Um, and just as a woman in sport, as a woman in the world, it's constantly a, a part of our reality. So to finally, you know, reach a settlement that, you know, obviously was contingent upon the negotiation of a CBA um, that achieved equal pay, which, you know, we have now is monumental, I think, and historic. I, I think it's hard to capture in in words or even in the feelings how um groundbreaking it is and how um fundamentally it will shift the future for 
soccer in this country. You're basically, you know, pushing the Titanic up a hill. Um, you can imagine that. It's, you know, the sort of the flow of the world is against you um, and just the flow of the status quo. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm proud. Um, and my bank account is happy as well. Tatiana speaks to the huge success of Megan and the U.S. women's national team with the support of the men's national team. She also explains some recent progress in women's football in Switzerland. I have to say we, we had some great um, steps forward recently. And I think um, the speed how women's football is about to change um, and you know, change a culture of football is, is just amazing. And it will take a couple more years and then I think we will have almost um, equality in all areas. I'm actually quite proud that we could confirm that in Switzerland, we found an agreement um, with our main partner, Credit Suisse, who is one of our longest partners for football in Switzerland, men and women, um, that we could um, confirm now that in, in future we will have equal pay for our men's and women's national team players for like a success bonus at their um, at the Women's World Cup tournaments or the European Championship. That was just recently announced and a huge step forward. It's 4.5 times more money for our female national team players in case of success. And we do have equal pay on that level. There's other elements in men's and women's football in Switzerland where we're not yet at the point where we can say that's, that's fully equal. But I do think the first step is the hardest. It's huge for us. It's a strong signal. And if you ask what that means, then I do think it, it puts women's football on the same level as men's football. It, it's no longer... Um, less important or less valued or less interesting for people. It gives the impression, and that's right so and fair and correct, that it's just um, a professional sport played by female athletes. And, and you may uh, like to look it or not, that's completely up to everybody, but it's not put in a box and it's not treated disrespectfully. And it's seen as something which is has a high value to everybody for society and for every little girl and boy out there. So these sorts of moves really feel like big wins for equal pay in U.S. and Swiss football. As for whether they'll set a precedent across other sectors, Megan says not every woman has the benefit of strength in numbers, publicity, or relatable causes. I think even prior to the actual settlement and prior to um, this negotiation, even just the public manner and you know, like voracious nature of how we handled ourselves publicly, lended to other teams, other sports, other women in general. I mean, I, you know, I get emails or hear stories about people just in normal jobs going into their bosses and being inspired by us and saying, you know, I deserve a raise and, and getting that raise. I, I think something that's been difficult with equal pay all along is like, who's the face of it and how does that resonate? And I think that was something that was difficult with Time's Up, even though the actresses were being paid millions or tens of millions less than their you know, male counterparts in their industry, they're still being paid tens of millions. So it didn't really resonate with people. It didn't really resonate with sort of the average person, but I think having us in a sport um, that you know, sports are a meritocracy, um, you win, you win, you lose, you lose. Having the juxtaposition of both teams, the male, uh, the men's national team and the women's national team um, next to each other, having our success and it just being so undeniable in every way on and off the field, um, I think just lended to everyone. And I think there is strength in numbers. And 
you know, not every woman has that luxury or has the ability to do that. Oftentimes, as we know, you know, particularly if you're elite in your field, you're one of one or one of a couple or you're one of one in the C-suite, maybe. Many countries now address wage discrimination in their laws. So-called unequal pay is paying men and women differently for performing the same or similar work. Women earn on average 11% less than men for doing the same job in Switzerland, according to the Federal Statistical Office, despite the principle of equal pay for men and women under the Swiss Gender Equality Act. Now, the so-called gender pay gap is different to unequal pay. It's the average hourly wage of all men and women across a workforce. If women do more of the less well-paid jobs within an organization than men, the gender pay gap is usually bigger. Public reporting of gender pay gaps is an important step in understanding and tackling gender equality issues. With the World Bank noting that equal pay for equal work is only mandated in fewer than half of the economies worldwide. Megan explains practically what women can do in companies to change the game. If there's a way to network or if there's a way to, um, you know, sort of team up across industry or within your own company or network across or, you know, network down with other women in your company, if you're one of, um, you know, someone who's in a higher position or a managerial position or a C-suite position, I think that is one of the most effective tools that we can have. Um, Men, of course, need to get on board. Um, I think so much of what we talk about is what women can do. It's like, we didn't do this to ourselves. We did not create this problem. So if any and all men want to get involved in the company, I think pay transparency among, you know, men with their female uh, counterparts and coworkers is massively important. We all play a role in this, I think, and particularly men as they're the ones being um, paid more than us, I think is um, a really effective tool. And I think in a way, sometimes like the shaming of the company, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of public shaming and a big fan of, um, you know, calling out what is right and what is wrong and saying it very plainly and sort of not, not dancing around the issue and not beating around the bush, just say, what it is. And I think the facts often speak the loudest and are the most effective uh, when we're talking about issues of inequality and, and pay inequity. The importance of women in corporate leadership can't be underestimated. Credit Suisse's Gender 3000 reports show a correlation between women in senior leadership and superior corporate and share price outperformance, or a diversity premium. ESG scores are also better. Alain Guillaume is someone who has the experience of the sports world as a rugby player and ultramarathon runner, and the world of finance as a consultant and hedge fund quant. Most recently, she's the founder and CEO of Wild AI, a healthcare sports app to help women train, eat, and recover across all stages of their menstrual cycle and through all stages of life, with recommendations on supplements, nutrition, and exercise. She explains her experience of a woman working in some environments historically dominated by men. I think the challenges faced um, in sports, finance, entrepreneur, uh, as a woman, are similar to as a man. I think uh, we do have extra challenges. Um, When I started my career in finance, I remember vividly uh, 
coming in the in the trading room the first day and wanting to say hello, uh, shaking hands of uh, the traders and they didn't want to shake my hand because they were forced to hire me because they never had a woman on the desk. Um, and, and that's a very like present thing for women in, uh, in finance. And it's, it's also like, generally speaking, like the discrimination we can face overall um, in work, but also in sports. Um, but I think maybe it was an additional challenge, but I, I loved that environment nonetheless. So I kind of thrived in these environments of, I guess, males, heavy male environments like trading houses and sports. And, um, and I think at that time, I was actually probably discriminating my own gender because I thought my peers were men. Uh, and I really aspired to be like them, actually. And, and you see that often in, in successful women in finance, they, they have an attitude that is very, very aggressive and very strong and because they had to build so much protection to get to where they are. And then I realized that I was discriminating my own gender and, and for that I probably didn't want to be uh, like that. So I had a total turnaround to, to understand how did I want to be as a leader. And uh, my company at the beginning was for both men and women. And we decided to cut out entirely men. So while the AI today is an uniquely for women. And I often get the question, like, why don't you serve men? Uh, you cut out half of the population. I say, yes, that's true. But actually, all the products, they are for men. And they don't serve women at all. So I give you an example, like wearables. For instance, I wear O-ring. It tracks my body temperature. If my body temperature goes up, it thinks I'm sick. Uh, whereas as a woman, I might be ovulating, pregnant in perimenopause, but their software is not capable of reading it. So us, by cutting out the men and focusing on women, we actually serve a population that's entirely underserved and ignored. And going one step further, Alain explains what pressure can be applied to governments, policymakers, and companies to help change the game. To start with, let's address the issue that 80% of medical research is based on men's data. The role that um, regulators, governments, should have is it should be compulsory to include women in research uh, by the regulators. So that's something we want to work on uh, and we'll, we'll be working on. And at another level, if, you, if you're looking at um, office spaces, like jobs uh, and, and corporates, there's also a big role there. Like if you are thinking that you want to close the gender data gap and you want women <laughs> to be um, to have the same chances, you need to like radically look at how to change your approach to women and men. Um, if you are increasing maternity leave, that's great. But the issue that corporates face is that if women are leaving, let's say six months, eight months between the, the like times two, times three, between the age of 30 to 40, and not the men, then obviously. Uh, men are more valued in the office space. So what we are proning is a compulsory equal paternity leave. And I think that's really important because today, in 2022, uh, parenthood is still motherhood. And you cannot, you cannot change that if you're not uh, making this change ingrained in, the, in corporates. Now, I just want to explore something with Elaine that Tatiana has already touched upon. It may sound obvious, but it's so important. Women are not men. In fact, this is actually Wild AI's strapline. 
and Elaine and Tatiana explain why it's significant. Our founding partner, Dr. Stacey Sims, love to say women are not small men. If you look in sports, very often you would have, for instance, if you're looking for a female bike, uh, you will have it a bit smaller, pink or purple. So it's like pink it and shrink it. And the way it comes from is that really like science, sports has considered women as a smaller version of men, but we're so different. And if you look at football, um, until very recently, the, the, the shoes uh, women were, were using were not made for their gait, but women's gait is completely different. We have wider hips, so our knees are more inwards, so we have a totally different gait. So if you're using just a smaller version of the, of the male product, um, it's not optimal. Whereas like we're talking about the most professional female athletes in the world. Um, same goes for their gear. So you have staffing and things like that. And it's not okay today with all the money that's available and also the audience that is uh, that women, female sports is attracting, women's sports is attracting um, to not spend on that. Um, so women are not small men, women are men. Um, it's, it sounds very obvious, but it's really not. Women's football is not men's football, so it has to be looked at differently. It has to be presented differently and it has to has, have its own market, which is growing and is, is, might be as huge as men's football in the coming 5, 10, 20 years. Um, when we look at commercial um, elements as well, men's football has been so dominant and so big and so huge. And to get included in that um, business, you know, you, you need to have a strategy and you need to know what are you going to present with women's football. And there's just a huge lack for that because of lack of structure and lack of women's football experts in decision-making positions, not even mentioning lack of women in decision-making position. So um, this is how it started and that's how I mean. And I'm, um, I, I'm of the opinion that we're still not at a point where it's really done. We, we need to work on this. We need to make sure football decision-makers understand that there's a need for women's football structures and there's a need for women's football experts in their organizations. And there's a need for more diversity specifically women, but also, you know, other groups who are not represented in football, they need to be represented. Our Gender 3000 report found that over the past five years, the ratio of female to male founded startups is up from 0.62 to 0.73. As a successful entrepreneur, Elan says investment is key to improving representation of women in entrepreneurship. We just need cash, basically. There's been a lot of programs to give mentorship and guidance, et cetera, but women are professional and women, women are smart and we make very good studies. We know what to do with, with cash. So really, like, just make more money available to uh, women entrepreneurs because there's such a massive gap. I think only 2% of, budget of, uh, of investments last year went to, to women, female entrepreneurs. So, yeah, we, the, the real answer is cash. So with venture capital financing harder for women, women globally earning around 37% less than men in similar roles, and women 267 years away from gender parity, according to the World Economic Forum, we have some way to go to change the game. But we've heard some inspiring stories from amazing women on progress on and off the sports field. In the words of Megan Rapinoe, it's never going to be over until we achieve equal pay. And if we win, everybody wins. So hit that follow button on Apple or Spotify 
and check in with us every month on Lasting Values, the sustainability podcast by Credit Suisse. Should a bank clean up the ocean? We engage with companies creating ocean impact and preventing plastic pollution practices. We're on it. The information provided herein constitutes general marketing material. It is not investment advice nor otherwise based on a consideration of the personal circumstances of the addressee, nor is it a result of objective or independent research. The information provided herein is not legally binding and it does not constitute an offer or invitation to enter into any type of financial transaction. The information provided herein was produced by a member of Credit Suisse Group AG and or its affiliates, hereafter CS, with the greatest of care and to the best of its knowledge and belief. The information and views expressed herein are those of CS at the time of writing and are subject to change at any time without notice. They are derived from sources believed to be truthful and reliable. CS provides no guarantee with regard to the completeness and accuracy of the information and, where legally possible, does not accept liability for any direct, indirect, incidental, specific or consequential losses that might arise from making use of the information. If nothing is indicated to the contrary, all figures are unaudited. The information provided herein is solely for information purposes and the exclusive use of the recipient and is not intended and should not be construed as legal, accounting, tax nor financial advice provided by CS. If this material is issued and distributed in the US, it is by CSSU, a member of NYSE, FINRA, SIPC and the NFA and CSSU accepts responsibility for its contents. Clients should contact their sales representative and execute transactions through a Credit Suisse subsidiary or affiliate in their home jurisdiction, unless governing law permits otherwise. This material is intended for institutional investors only, not for retail distribution. It may not be reproduced, neither in part nor in full, without the prior written permission of CS. Important information for investors in Germany. The information and views expressed herein are those of CS at the time of writing and are subject to change at any time without notice. They are derived from sources believed to be reliable. CS provides no guarantee with regard to the content and completeness of the information. If nothing is indicated to the contrary, all figures are unaudited. The information provided herein is for the exclusive use of the recipient. Copyright 2021 Credit Suisse Group AG and or its affiliates. All rights reserved.